0: On today's ReStump Podcast, we'll celebrate the fantastic derby win from Sunday. We finally broke the drought. What was it? 11 in a row. We got him on the 12th. So, bad luck, West Coast. Great day for Frio fans. The sun was shining. Had a fantastic day on the Sunday afternoon. We saw Stephen Hill get his deserved lap of honour. Everyone recognised him. We'll have a chat about that. Dave Mundy broke Pab's record. Let's get the Chief on board. We'll start wearing purple with Google Bordello. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity and wits—they will all vanish. I promise. It's just a matter of time. So yeah, start wearing purple. Wearing purple. Start wearing. Welcome to the Restump podcast. My name is Brett Jojo McDonald. I'm joined by a man who still has a tear in the eye. From watching that lap of honour by Stephen Hill, that is Greg, the chief dwyer.
1: Yes, hello Jojo. Yes, that's correct. I'm, uh, it was a bit teary, wasn't it? It was a bit teary Mate, uh, seeing him go- going around.
0: But, he um, um, well deserved honour for him, and something was pretty surprising was to see all those mongrel West Coast supporters. They actually got clapped their hands together and gave him a pretty good round of applause. It was. It was nice to see everyone on board. The whole whole fifty one thousand of us at us on Sunday. Wasn't
1: it? That was. Um, it's a very rare West Coast Eagle character that you know will momentarily put aside their um, their ego or whatever else and to praise anyone else, let alone a docker. So yeah, but Hilly, uh, is I that- suppose
0: it's a testament to his character as well. He's an extremely fair player, a brilliant player. And he's um in his prime. Yeah, and, exactly. You know how can you not acknowledge that even if you are a West Coaster?
1: No, that's right. And it's, yeah, you're right. It's his character. And it sort of transcends that, the uh, tribal rivalries, JoJo. And he does attract that universal uh, respect, doesn't he? Yeah. One thing he didn't
0: get the respect of was um, a local car dealership because he ended up getting taken around the ground in the back of a golf cart. Don't we usually get, you know, a dual cab Ute of some description, whether it's a Hilux or one of those Mitsubishi, whatever they're called, a Triton?
1: Yeah. But he's in the back of a golf cart. You should have gone around in a in a Rolls Royce convertible. Are you sure? Are you sure it was a guy? I think he might. Have, they may have even just used the uh, the Chad Fletcher stretcher. I think that's. <laughs> I think they took him around in that charger. How disrespectful!
0: Well, I, would, I thought you know maybe a deck chair in the back of a ute. Isn't that what we do?
1: Could have been anyway. so uh, You could have lent them the uh, your Chesterfield lounge. You could have lent, you could have <laughs> put that in the back of your um your Hilux. You could have taken them around.
0: So. Yeah. But anyway, honouring Stephen Hill was great, fantastic. Um, so good that we uh got to see him off with a win, and what a win! We broke the drought. It's over.
1: Every every transgression, every mistake any Frio player has made this year, all forgiven, and contracts <laughs> for everyone. That's it. That's what I'm. Trap Collier got his
0: today. He's got another year.
1: Collier got one. They all get one, as far as I'm concerned. Um, nobody gets a sack. That was just. Uh, wasn't that just a great way to, to, well, close in on the end of the season?
0: It's, it's another one of those wins that really gets everyone up and about, I reckon. And at the ground, you could just feel, you know, the elation of everyone there. Yeah. I think for the fact as well, we didn't go in. We, if you went in with high expectations, I don't know where you were getting those expectations from. That's
1: but that right. First, that first quarter, that blew me away. That was unreal. Well, you know you know what? Like, we knew West Coast were off the pace, you know, it we weren't quite on the pace for the last seven or eight weeks. But who knew it would only take one quarter of footy to beat them? Because we only played really one quarter. Then we put the cue on the rack, went hands and heels to the line Jader. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, little tap of the persuader when we needed it. But um, it was it was staggering that first quarter. I didn't know what I was watching. I had to keep pinching myself. Is this real? So um,
0: um, even the bloke next to me, I was talking to him and. I think it was at the point where it was even two goals to West Coast and three goals to us. And, um, you know, it felt like a contest at that point in the first quarter, free-flowing, high-scoring. Yep. It was the best game of footy I'd seen all year, or just about, I reckon. The ball movement from both sides, and maybe it had more to do with the lack of real pressure really early on. But yep. um, I thought it was great to watch that first quarter where we have 11 goals in total. It was a really good there. quarter of footy yeah. and set up the game so
1: well. It really was. And, and do you know what? It was, it was, had to be after sort of the first three or four minutes because I was looking at it in that first two or three, four minutes, I'm thinking, oh no, you know, Kennedy had oh, kicked two. And, when
0: Kennedy kicked that snap in the pocket, and I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Again. Yeah, here
1: we go. Yeah, that's right. And then all of a sudden, um, they, uh, turned it on and it was hitting targets and, uh, as you said, moving the ball with, with speed and precision. Uh, it was uh, it was a joy to watch.
0: The thing that got me up and about from being there was just seeing fellow Fremantle supporters, like the smile on their face, the clapping, the cheering. And, you know, it wasn't so much like rubbing the face of West Coast in it because obviously, you know, we've won- lost 11 in a row. But just to s- to see the yeah. reward for people who've just stuck at it all year. You know, it was- it's been an up and up and down season. We've had highs, we've had lows, but to just like let everyone have that kind of point, that climax of kind of excitement of um, beating West Coast, and not only beating West Coast, but putting on a performance in that first quarter was really something to celebrate, and it was great to see everyone get to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, that's right, and it was purely unadulterated joy. It was unexpected joy, JJ, and that's always more fulfilling, and when and it's authentic when it's unexpected, and it was yep. just. Just a, a stamp on the end of the the season that you know probably points us in the right direction that we're going in the right direction. So so it, was, it wasn't it wasn't just
0: an unexpected awesome win and it wasn't just a send off for Stephen Hill. It was almost a, it was a, the the bigger occasion almost was the breaking of the club games record for, by David Mundy um, breaking Pabs record. I mean, and that almost got lost in the whitewash. But I mean, that was a, a massive effort from um, Mundy. And um, what a performance, a significant performance from himself on the day to back
1: it up. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, no, and and really a continuation of what he's been giving us all year. So you wouldn't expect anything less from David Mundy regardless of what the, game, what the milestone might be. But it was just like, it was the script, wasn't it? That For him to play that well on, on that day and that first goal he kicked you know, four. Yeah, us, you, you kid, couldn't uh, write it, could you? You couldn't, could not, not could, could not You could not write that script. No, no, it was magnificent, yeah. and um, I don't know. I don't really know how much it means. You know, that type of, you know, that type of milestone. I mean, I think uh, what, in to, the moment to break the, ga-
0: the club record games.
1: Well, I think in the moment it means a lot, but I'm not sure beyond that and maybe it's just me. I don't have this attachment to, you know, accolades and and, and trophies and th- and whatever else. And it's more to me that if you'd broken that record, you wouldn't want your... to have an
0: attachment or a, a value of trophies when you're supporting this club, would you?
1: <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. So that's it's easy not to have. But um, I think when you break a record like that, it's more about your longevity and that you. You can't break a record like that unless you're delivering consistently over every single year. And I think it's the whole, not just, yeah, oh, great, he's now the record holder. You know, it's – so I don't know. It might mean a great deal more to other people and obviously David uh, Mundy himself. But I just I just get the pleasure of watching him at that age doing what he's doing. That's I, think, all I, I mean. think
0: for me when stuff like this happens, I mean, especially for a player like Mundy who's – You know, you know, they still talk about him going under the radar, but I mean, like for 298 games, he'd been going under the radar. He'd not gotten a lot of accolades. And even when he had, you know, he didn't receive a lot of press or a lot of attention. And I think for me, seeing him get this kind of attention now where he's breaking a record every week and people are acknowledging his long career and, you know, he's been consistently good, great over the course of his career. It's the yeah. kind of send off and the back end of your career you deserve. And if if it's because you're breaking the record that you're getting highlighted and your performance and career is being highlighted, I think it's a really great thing for him.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I I just sort of think it's I I agree, I agree with you on that. But uh, to me, I, I don't care what anyone else thinks. Like <laughs> yeah. us free, no, no, Us free metal fans know how good yeah. he is, and and you know it's it's that's what it matters to me. You know.
0: Um, I've been trying pretty hard to kind of eliminate the immediacy of what happened on Sunday, but I reckon that will go down in the memory bank as one of the better derby wins we've ever had. When you think of the players we've got out, um, you know, the kind of hardships we've been through this season with injuries and whatnot. You know, we lose Brayshaw, who was, you know, stepping up for Fife, and then we're calling on Caleb Sarong to step up for Brayshaw. Yep. You know, in almost like a Hail Mary type situation. Yes. We didn't really have any right to go in and do what we did on Sunday. But I just thought that kind of performance, if you were, if you were worried that some of these guys aren't going to cut it or that a chair is not fully invested because he's off to Carlton or Richmond next year or, yep. you know, some of these other guys aren't going to make it, then you have to kind of redress your thought because- West Coast, apart from that first quarter where they were, you know, played off the park, Yeah. for the next three quarters, they gave us everything they had. Yeah. And we, f- we held them off.
1: We-, we did. We did. It's, you're dead right. I mean, you just have to look at the the number. For 12 players we had in our team under 50 games experience. You know, West Coast had three seasons on us on, on average uh, per player. Three seasons. That's three seasons, three pre-seasons. You know? It was such a super important... Win, and for that very reason, what you were saying to show fans that who may have thought we weren't heading in the right direction, that, to show them that where we are and where we are heading. You know, if that wasn't in, indicative of of where we're going to be in future years, that's that's why it was so good. And as you said, the the players that we had out, and and it's one of those times where it's about the players you've got in, not about the players you've got out. You know. Yeah,
0: and and this this win wasn't driven by Blake Acres. It wasn't driven by no. you know guys that we've tacked onto the list who are seasoned players who've been around for a while. Yep, this win was driven by guys that we drafted, that we've brought through our system, that we've you know become fr- they are Fremantle Dockers now, and they're the Fremantle Dockers of the future. Mm. They're the one. They're the ones that drove this victory, and they're the ones that'll be there to drive more victories in the next ten years. So, yeah, I think it, it was awesome. It, it, it was, was so, so it- good.
1: It was, yeah, it, it meant, it was a, a great win because it meant so much more than just the, just the win, if you know what I mean. More yeah. than just the four points. And it was that's when wins are really mean something.
0: Do you remember when Fife went down? It might have even been last season where he missed a couple of games and, you know, we looked to Walters as being the next man to stand up in the midfield. And then, you know, Sonny steps out of the midfield more this year and then Fife goes down, it's Brayshaw's turn to stand up and yep. lead. But now Brayshaw goes down and, you know, it's next man up again. Who's going to take the mantle as, you know, the king of the free midfield? And it's Caleb Sorong. What a big ask for a guy that's in his, what, second year of footy, not yet played 50 games. But you just knew coming in that he was going to put in a big performance on the weekend. But I don't think you could have imagined that he would have done what he did on on Sunday coming into the game. He kicked two goals, that one goal that, you know, I don't know what you can say about it. Under pressure, just, you know, come with the man, come with the moment. Yeah. Um, unbelievable game. And I don't know if we've ever had a more deserving Ben Allen medalist.
1: No, that, that's um, that's true. And look, probably his his game, I mean, it was magnificent. It wasn't surprising that he would bring that sort of game, but it was to, that he did it without the assistance of a Brazier or a Walters or the protection of a five. You know, he absolutely uh, was best best on all day and deserved the medal. And saying he deserved the medal, you know, that's coming from someone who thinks all these medals are meaningless, these Mickey Mouse medals. He deserved the best on-ground merit, you know, whether it's a medal, whether whatever it is. He was just – it was staggering. He's as important to us and as valuable to us as any player on our team, Jojo. you know. And, And do you know what I loved about Extra on top of his game? Was that when Bailey Banfield got sucker punched by um, Dom Shee, The first bloke there to remonstrate, Caleb wrong Yeah, you know that says something. You know when and and, I, and I'll pick this out a, a bit and not not having a crack at Adam Chera, but a lot of times I don't know whether it, it dawns on him to go and help a bloke who's in trouble, and he did it again yesterday. We'll, we'll get to that later. But Caleb Strong doesn't. It's it's like second nature to him. If one of my mates is in trouble, Caleb wrong's there, you know? Yeah. And that's a, that's that's really buying into the club and buying into what you're doing, your teammates, and what you're trying to build. He's as valuable can, to us as anyone, Jojo.
0: We spoke about it a bit last year when, um, you know, the season, not dead and buried, but, you know, you can tell it tailing off and we're probably not going to make the finals and whatever, mm. just kind of... Not begging the club, but thinking, you know, maybe it's a good uh, opportunity for the club to thrust some of these young guys into positions of responsibility and remove the older guys, forcing yep. them to step up. We've seen the benefit of that already with Brayshaw this year and how much he's grown. And he's not taking a step back from here. He's only step- taking a step forward. He's not giving up, um, you know, yep. midfield time and responsibility to Fife when he comes back. He's getting Fife to add to what he's already bought this year. Yeah. Caleb Sarong is doing the same thing now. He knows what he's capable of when he's the leading man in the midfield. Yep. He's like, he's not taking a step back now. So, when you give these guys opportunity and you make them take responsibility for the team, put them on their back somewhat, look what you get. He's like, you give these guys exposure and responsibility, they repay you in spades. Right. When we when we start next season and we have a midfield of five Sorong, Brayshaw, and hopefully Chera, yep. it's going to be as good as any going around. Oh, don't
1: worry about the Beatles. I don't know what <laughs> it, it, you're dead right, and we've learned that lesson twice now. As you said, we learned it last year, and we've learned it again this year. It's such a it's such an important aspect when you're developing a team, isn't it? Give these guys, you know, and, and I guess you've got to pick and choose who you deal with and and, and who you judge that. Is and,
0: when, and when you and when you do it as well. Like
1: they have to be yeah. ready. But you just see, if you
0: can pick that moment and give them the yep. opportunity to succeed in a, in a really important role, how mm. much confidence they get from that, how much understanding of what they're capable of at AFL level A because they yep. they get. Um, it's, yeah, uh, so I just thought it was a really significant moment for Sarong, especially after right. he's been given tagging jobs uh, or minding jobs or whatever you want to call it, cooling jobs. Cooling um, jobs. Uh, in the beginning of the season, he was let off the leash big time and uh, didn't he let us know what he's learned?
1: Um, in the so, yeah, so you got to hand it to JL. That's helped him. That really has helped him, that that role. And, uh, you know, you can see the benefit that he's getting from it or he's got from it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And But I think the thing with that is I think pl- plenty of people have seen that he's been ready to go <laughs> doing that kind of thing for a while yeah. or whatever. Um, the game itself, we've briefly touched on the first quarter, mm-hmm. but didn't the game just exemplify how taking your opportunities in front of goal – makes so much difference. Oh. I mean, if we had a kicked two goals eight instead of eight goals two, yeah. there's no chance we win that game.
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, we, the thing that is sounds like, like a
0: stupid statement. It sounds like a, a very obvious statement. But no, I but mean it more, more in the respect that how much pressure did we put West Coast under yeah. to have to fight back into the game when they were so far behind? You know, yeah. they were 30 points down a quarter time. You know, all of a sudden, they've got to invest so much effort and energy and mental mental energy into trying to catch up, let alone get in front. Yeah. Whereas, if you don't put that margin in and you don't put the the herd on the scoreboard, yeah, they're still in it, and that's what we've done all year. So it's great to see that happen on
1: on Sunday. And that's right. And it's that's the thing. You're dead right. It's you know you, you can you can be inaccurate if you're generating a shed load of shots. We still only manage 19 scoring shots in total, Jojo. So when when you're at that sort of level, you just you can't you can't miss. You cannot afford to miss. Um, you know. I don't know what shots, the stat
0: was, but I reckon just about every single time we went inside fifty in that forward first quarter, we, we, we scored. scored. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, we had ten shots in the first quarter, ten scoring shots. Um, we had nineteen for the game, so we only had another nine in the in the following three quarters. So it wasn't great after that. But as you said, we done we did the work in that first quarter, took the chances, were efficient. And it uh, it does help you get over the line.
0: And it's funny how much motivation it gives to your fellow teammates if you kick the goals. And yes. I think a bit of us kicking the goals had a lot to do with where we were taking the shots. We were getting really good spot-up spot marks. Like Tab's got a real a good few in front of goals. Um, oh, we tell got some that, running.
1: Tell that to Tracy and uh, are wrong.
0: No, I know. We did have, you <laughs> know, the, obviously the Tracy goal was fantastic. But, I mean, in general, I mean, we had a lot of goals where you just like, well, he has to kick this, <laughs> you know, he can't miss that. Yeah. Maybe we don't, maybe we're not getting them as regularly. I'm not sure. It did yeah. seem as though we were getting a lot more kickable goals from a lot goals closer in. That, in.
1: That. Well, Ted took three marks, virtually dead in front, didn't he?
0: Yeah, I think we had eight inside fifty marks in the first first quarter. So
1: yeah, right.
0: That's I amazing. mean, that's good. that's gonna good help. I think I'm um, watching the game at ground and seeing the activity in the forward line. We had guys buzzing around everywhere. You know, Liam Henry, uh, Collier, Schultze was applying a lot of pressure. Uh, Crodon was active. And then we had Tracy and Tabs leading up at the footy. We looked like a different team. And I don't know if it's just the Eagles offered us the space up or what it was. But if you were running off halfback, you had a multitude of options. Instead of searching one out, you had to decide which one you didn't want to take. Because our forwards were working like a treat. It It was unbelievable to see.
1: I, I don't. I don't want to. Um, I don't. You know, we're not one for tooting our horns, JoJo. But I think they might have listened into the preview pod. I think I saw the Mister Papa Giorgio move out there, JoJo. <laughs> they were in sync. They were. Mate,
0: they, were put, they were putting blocks on for one another in the yep. square. Everyone was working together. Yeah. And. You know, how many times you see a stream off halfback? You know, you could hit Collier or Schultz on the lead on the wing. Like, yep. there was just so much movement, so much activity. Everyone was engaged. Yeah. And it's not surprising we hit the scoreboard so much. The but Eagles they, couldn't lay a hand on us. They couldn't in
1: that first quarter, could they? Um, you know, you said we had eight, in, uh, eight marks inside 50 in the first quarter, right? We averaged 11 per game this year. And we ended up with 10 for the game. It's but right. I mean, if you need to
0: look at some of the marks, it's not because, you know, they're not big pack marks. It's not Tabs out no, marking no. Four, four eagles. We got, we got really good separation of our forwards and we yeah. created like so many good one-on-one contests for Tabs. And then Darcy took a mark. Yep. Uh, Tracy was getting one-on-ones and, and mismatches as well. They had to move Oscar Allen back there. Um, we had him on the run.
1: Well, yeah, we did. But that was the thing. It, it was, you know, when you have eight in the first quarter, you think you're going to blow your record out of the water. We still ended up with less than our average. Yeah. You know, it was uh, the, th- the last three quarters. As you said, the Eagles threw everything at us and they started to play their game. But um, that first well, quarter. I
0: think in, in that first quarter, though, it, it, the shots were generated through really positive ball movement and really yep. aggressive run and mm. handball receive from halfback and even, you know, the the fullback line. We just didn't stop. No. You know, you look at guys like Walker, um You know, Caleb Sarong, Mundy was linking up. We were just always looking to give off and break the line and then get the kick over the top. Um, They were playing fearless footy, and maybe it's because we didn't have that kind of final spot on the line. Maybe maybe that's why. Maybe we can afford to play with a little bit more dare, and maybe that's what it was. But that first quarter, they just threw caution to the wind and went for it, and it was bloody good to watch.
1: Oh, it was a joy, wasn't it? It was just, yeah, it was something we probably haven't seen all year. Oh, well, I don't think we have. We haven't seen a quarter of footy like that all year, have we? So no, um, it, but it was just
0: that aggressiveness, and mm, you know, yep. I don't think we've seen that kind of aggressive run, that aggressive. You know, everyone was looking to bite off that aggressive kick. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it was really, really good to watch. And then the the forwards, you know, it might not have resulted in actual tackle numbers, but I thought Shortzy the way he was pressing up on the West Coast backs. Yeah, you know, the, we were just pushing back, pushing him back, pushing him back. They. You know, normally very, very composed. That first quarter, they were flustered. You know, they didn't have any time on the footy. Yeah. You know, they weren't able to spread wider than us and get the ball out wide on most occasions. Yeah. They just did a really, really good job.
1: Yeah, and I think it was also because we were moving the ball so well and we didn't play to their, you know, what we were talking about in the preview, just bomb it in and, and the McGoverns and the Barasses and whoever else. It was low. We kept the yep. ball low. We... You know, uh, we're picking out passes. It was it just seeing the, the 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 ability that we were uh, displaying on the field that was matching our smarts. You know, we played smart footy too. Um, something that was a
0: little bit different on the weekend was Switkowski in the center square. Um, yep. And he didn't get a ton of the footy, I don't think. I didn't actually look at his numbers, but I just thought his input in the center square um, play in particular mm. He had 13 touches, but he got so many fingertips on balls. He was knocking them down. He was disruptive. I think he made a real difference in the square. And I don't yeah. think you'd want him starting in the centre square every game, every every bounce. But it's a good little string to have to your bow for him, and a good little change up for us when we do hit a snag and we do hit a bit of trouble. And you're looking for a different look yeah. uh, in that middle area or centre square area. Yeah. I thought it was real good by J and the coaching staff to you know to have a look at something different this week.
1: Yeah, it was wonderful, and I mean, he just adds that. Yeah, you know, it's probably uh, that element of surprise too for for West Coast. He just they probably didn't expect him there, and it's his um, you know his ability to to hit the ground running and yeah, he just provides he's a bit of he's option. a bit of a
0: pest as well. Like he's quite busy with his hands and yep, um, yeah no, he's on the move when the ball goes up. So I thought I like the look of it. And the other one was um, Bailey Banfield, who's probably been playing a negative forward role when he's yep. coming to the side uh, at the back end of this year. He was giving a tag and roll on Shuey. Yep. And Shuey still had a bit of the ball, but I think um, Banfield looked like he was annoying the hell out of him. And, you know, it was a Ryan Crowley-like perform- performance almost without stopping him getting 20 touches. But he was yeah. everywhere that Shuey was. I thought he did a pretty good job in the role he was given on the day.
1: I thought he was excellent. And I reckon it was probably one of Banfield's best games. Um, he worked super hard all day. He got 19 touches himself, Jadon. Four clearances. Yep. So, I, you know- I guess the work-
0: question with that kind of with him playing that kind of game is- if you've got a full midfield, do yep. you have space to play a negating player in your 22?
1: No. If you've got a five and a Brayshaw available, um, then do do it, in it it's,
0: it's a bit of a horses for courses. You know, if you're have got if you playing a team who you think someone is susceptible to yeah. getting shut down and is dangerous, yeah. then you want that player on your list.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's it. I suppose he's a – and maybe that's um, – maybe he gets another gig next year and that's his – you know, he goes in knowing that. That I'm going to get a role when the when the time's right. So um- I think
0: that I think that's where he adds value to the team. I don't know that um, you know that forward role is something that really suited him too well. He obviously had that really good game when he came in first up, but other than that, he was pretty ineffective and then lost his place in the side. Yeah, I think that negating midfielder is his go. Like he he seems to do very well at it, but it's just a question of do you want that kind of player in in your structure and your team and. You know, Ross Lyon's yeah. not coaching us, obviously, anymore. So, no. interesting to see if J-Lo wants that full-time. It's probably the yeah. first time we've seen an out-and-out tagger Um Yeah, right. and
1: he's 190 centimetres. I still can't I'm still blown away by that. I didn't think he was anywhere near that size. So, he's got the size. He's got the, you know. He, but, yeah, you're right. It's real uh, it interesting to see if he is there next year.
0: West Coast probably have the better of the game, you know, probably from about quarter time onwards. Is that a fair... Mm.
1: Fair thing to say, do you think? Um, yeah. Ma- oh, we had patches. We had a few patches. Patches in that second quarter. I, I reckon I singled out the point where the big West Coast Eagle comeback started. And I remember saying to myself at the time when it happened, oh, no, we're in trouble now. You know, Tim Kelly went down with a knee and got subbed out. When he went off the ground, I thought, oh, I hope his replacement goes as forward as the ball as Kelly does. He, <laughs> could he not get further ahead of the ball, Jojo? He was, yeah, um, well. you know, they were all they were all they were all just running forward the the Eagles in that first quarter. Uh, didn't didn't um, weren't doing the hard yards. It was without session.
0: turning it into a West Coast podcast. I, th- I thought it was staggering, like some of the profiles these guys have. I'm talking about the Yo's. Yep. Uh, not so much Shuey. I reckon he probably fought pretty hard throughout the game, but like Yo's and the Kelly's, yep. there seems to be a major disconnect in their midfield. Yep. It looks like no one likes Yo.
1: I tell you what, it's funny you would say that because I, I did have it written, I scribbled it down um, at the end, but I'll, have a, I'll mention it now. If you watch at the end of the game, and there might be absolutely nothing in this, but if you watch when they're all shaking hands and, you know, whatever, there seemed to be a hell of a lot of respect for Elliot Yeo. And they, and, and it wasn't just the handshake. The players went, and they were all hugging him. Now, I don't know what that means or anything, but it was very, very surprising. I, I found it surprising. Well, you're talking about the Frio guys. Yeah, the Frio guys. If you watch it, they were all like... Well, he's
0: a Frio fan from way back. Maybe. Yeah, know. I know.
1: Yeah, I get that. But, but on what you just said, it looks like nobody likes you at West Coast. Is there something in that? I I don't know. Well, I just I
0: just saw it. Like, just didn't look like, you know. You see after a goal, and especially with our boys, you know, they get yeah. right around each other. Yeah. Like, he just seemed like almost a man on an island. I don't know. He did just struck me as a little bit strange every time I saw him. Anyway, that, is, enough do, about West he, Coast uh, already.
1: Is he could be venturing across the, uh, the Swan Jojo? We
0: don't want him. Don't we?
1: Well, he's, he's like a, a
0: he's like a homeless version of Nat Five.
1: <laughs> okay I reckon he's I don't mind him I think he's alright
0: so, Yeah anyway. Pass um, So I reckon Once we had that period of dominance in the first quarter I feel like we went into our shell a little bit We weren't as aggressive with our ball movement um, yep. We weren't really willing to take those risks And maybe it was trying to preserve a bit of that lead And not cough up cheap goals Which we'd done You know the week previous, we went over and over how many cheap goals we gave up. Maybe we decided if, whether it was subconsciously or not. We just didn't seem to have that same um, kind of aggressive mindset that we had in the first quarter.
1: Yeah, you're right. And was it, as you said, was it the Eagles stepping up and- I reckon know, it was a
0: combination of both.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. But, we, yeah, we did, weren't as daring. We weren't as- um, Weren't as instinctive, I suppose, in that um, in that second from the second quarter onwards, but um, it was more more a grind, wasn't it? More of a. Um it I, don't, I don't reckon
0: we dropped off too far with our effort and intensity, especially no, no. on the def- defensive side of the ball. I just thought the way we tried to move the footy in the first yep. quarter was just distinctly yep. more, you know, more kind of outlandish than what it was in the rest of the game. I thought our defense was incredibly strong. I mean, you look at uh, the stats on the end of the game. West yep. Coast has 15 more inside 50s, mm. yet we managed to restrict their score. thought Luke Ryan, after having a couple of weeks where he wasn't poor, but he wasn't his normal Luke Ryan self, he bounced back in fine fashion.
1: I, I think he's he's my favourite player, JoJo. When he was spectacular, I reckon. He was absolutely back to his best. And you know what I love about him or about his game, as much as his game? It was that, a bit like um, Caleb Sarong, when Brandon Walker was getting scragged by uh, two West Coast players, I don't know, I can't remember who they were, he f- come from nowhere and flew in. And grabbed them both, had an eagle in both hands and was shaking them. I thought he was going to like <laughs> bang their heads together. Like, do you know what I mean? And he's it's the one. The WWE. That, yeah. He was the bloke that was the first one there. And that's what I was talking about, uh, Chira earlier. Chira's standing there, like trying to help Brandon Walker up. I'm like, get those blokes off him. But Ryan comes screaming through and just rips them off, you know? And I just, that's what I love about these guys with, when they do things like that because it just tells you. That they're there for their teammates and they're there for the yeah. the right reasons. But his defensive work it was outstanding again. You know, against probably a, a a forward line that scores nearly every time they get it in there. You know, usually. So his um to and you know he played on his namesake too, Liam Ryan. He he can, you know, you know what he can do. So it was um he was back to one of his best games, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it really was. And I thought also, you know, there was a number of times where he had to roll off and pick up a Kennedy or a Darling. Yep. um, And he beat them consistently as well. I thought he just picked his moments really well. He was able to distribute the ball really well and be in the right spots to receive. Yep. Um, He's back to his very, very best for us. Yeah.
1: He's got that instinct, hasn't he?
0: I think also something that's helped him is um, Hayden Young's quick prominence. I mean, he- um, he had another game on the weekend where every time the ball hits his hands, the composure and the time he seems to have to dispose of it and make a really good decision. I think that's helping Luke Ryan as well because he probably felt a bit of responsibility to be that guy all the time. And yeah. now he knows he's got someone else back there who can probably dispose of the ball better better than him and be in really good positions as well.
1: Yeah, Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, he did have a few shockers, Hayden Young. He, yeah, you know, no, he,
0: t- absolutely, he absolutely did. But I just thought his positioning in terms of where extreme. he was to try and help clean up, he was just yeah. in the right spot all the time. And, you know, you know, hes it was a high-pressure game, and especially in that um, second half we're under the pump, uh, you know, you're going to hit a few clangers every now and then. But-
1: yeah, but for the, for how he plays, he's going to do that. But do you know what I loved about him uh, is that he did that early on. And he there was a couple in the first quarter, and then there was that horrible one, I think, in the third quarter that and uh, ended up with a goal. Um, but he rectified him. And, you know, his judgment and his marking power. He, he, I love that he made those errors but didn't go back into his shell. He didn't lose yeah. that audaciousness. He just, that's what he's there for. He knows he can do it. And um, he had that courage to to keep attacking, you know. And, and when, he, when he intercepted Gaff's uh, kick in the middle of the ground, and he put it 50 metres away into the forward line, hit Schultz on the chest. You know, that was uh, that was a highlight of the day for me when he did that. So... Um, the,
0: the other guy that was really aggressive in the back line was Brandon Walker. And mm. to to be 100% truthful, I didn't know what we had um, when we got this guy. Because, you know, some of these NGA guys, they'll get a free hit in their first year and we'll see what they've got. You yep. know, much like an Izzy Butters from last year, you know, if you're not up to it, you're not up to it, they'll let you go.
1: Yeah.
0: But it was hard to know whether we absolutely had something in Walker. Yeah. But I think we absolutely do. He we did um, he showed some real flair and um you know, a really really Strong, aggressive mindset remind you of yesteryear. Some of the halfback flankers we had that would just grab the ball, tuck it under their arm, and take some territory before yep. looking to dispose it. But that's what it reminded me of on the weekend. His confidence seems to be growing each and every week. Does and it? I mean he's he could start realistically next year in our best twenty-two when fully fit.
1: I, I, yeah, he's he hasn't he's another one that has in the in the however many games he's had, he's just grown a leg. Look, do you know, remember when, I think when we, when he first started, and some of these players, they, they might not get to their, you know, what what, what they indicate, but there was just glimpses. You saw faint glimpses in him. You thought, oh, he might have something. And, but you didn't really know, but it was, it looked good, the little bit that he did. And now, and you're right. Now you can see it. You can see that he's generally, he's a genuine player, isn't he?
0: Yeah, I think he is. Uh, he obviously, he's got some rough edges to smooth off still. Yep. But, yep. He's shown he's shown enough to suggest that he's improving quickly enough and adjusting to AFL level quickly and well enough yeah. that he's got a, he's got a future worth looking after and being excited about.
1: And he's a bloke that takes advantage of the men on the mark rule. Yeah, you know, yeah. he did that like a couple of times yesterday, where he just bang he was gone. You know, and he's often gone before the umpire even uh, has a chance to call play on. So um, yeah, no, he's he's a player Jojo, I think.
0: I think um, our big two um, key defenders in Logue and Pierce they had a funny day. I mean, they had some moments where they were beaten by their direct opponent and we conceded marks inside 50. Hmm. But I reckon we saw some things, probably more from Alex Pierce, and he's done it over the last couple of weeks, where he's not a stopper. You know, he, he's been getting involved in play. Yep. He's been up on the back line getting involved. And the same with Griffin Logue. And they've made some blues. But- I think it's really encouraging to see these guys in particular, you know, get up the ground and be aggressive and get involved in ball movement, trying to send the ball forward. I think both of them on the weekend showed signs that they're really starting to feel comfortable in their bodies again and yep. play, play their natural games. And by me saying this, they're not perfect, you know, especially Griffin Logue. He he hit a couple of kicks again, which you just wonder what's going on. But I just think the idea of them feeling more confident to get up the ground a little bit, really good for Friot.
1: Yeah, oh, it it can only be a benefit, isn't it? And you, and that was the takeout that they both looked like they were highly confident in their bodies. Yeah, you're, you're dead right. Um, Gravenloh sort of got a bit better judgment at times when he uh, jumps for the ball and leaves his opponent on the ground and um, doesn't uh, doesn't kill it. A couple of those ended in goals, but um, yeah. But look, you're gonna make you're gonna you're not gonna um, you're not gonna go at a hundred percent defensively, are you? Um, it did look like it, 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 it for a while. There, JK was Kennedy was going, was in for a bag. Kicked two in the first few minutes. Only only kicked another one late. He didn't. Uh, there was no way he dominated. And Darling got his mandatory goal from a free kick. Was about it. Was about it. it, was about <laughs> yeah, it. I'd,
0: I'd, yeah, I don't. I don't think that you would put them down as like your better players. But no. I just thought from from those two guys. You know, what I want to see from them is them. You know, we know what they can do when they're fully yep. fit and fully confident. And they're starting to, you know, obviously their bodies are right because they've played a string of games together. But yep. they're obviously starting to feel good in their head and feel good about being out in an AFL footy field again. And that stands yep. as in really good stead going into
1: preseason and getting them out there um, next year. But you know what? It's also, as you said, like it's. A, it looks like there's a combination of factors coming, hitting right about now where you were saying about – you know, those guys, their bodies are coming good. They're getting more and more confident in it. You've got Luke Ryan there, and then you've got a Hayden Young. It, it, it seems to all – play. maybe they can be a bit daring because they've got good backup, you know. Yeah, it just yeah, seems there's to confidence, be whole,
0: more confidence in the guys around you.
1: Yeah, whole collective sort of thing. Um, I'll tell you
0: what, it be interesting next year when we have Cox and Chapman come back into the fold. Yeah. I mean, that backline – and we spoke about it preseason this year, but I think that next year is going to be a different story all
1: over again – that's going to be a really hard back six to break into. Yeah, you think so? I mean, injuries and whatnot always seem to play a part in sort. But these it out. guys are getting these
0: guys are getting a little bit older. They're all yep. getting a little bit more seasoned. Um, you know, bigger guys do yeah, suffer right. generally. You know, injuries earlier on in the year. I think mm. back to someone like a Luke McFarlane who, yeah, you know, he, he. I went to school with Luke and. You always followed his career quite closely, even when he was at the Hawks. Yeah. But you, you began to wonder with him, you knew how good he was, but mm. will he ever get on the park? Will he ever, st- you know, get a run of games into him, you know, get a level yeah. of fitness and will his, will his body allow him to play? He played 244 games in the end and is a legend of the Frio Footy Club. Yeah. But he took a while to get going. And I he mean, did. these guys that are bigger, they're carrying around a lot of weight. Heavy impact when they're yeah. playing. It can take a while for them to season their bodies and and be able to play regular AFL footy. So, hopefully, we're approaching that with um, Logan, especially Pierce. Hopefully, he gets a good run at and Hamling as well. Uh, well, you know, yeah, just-
1: we're in saying that. That's what's so exciting about. It. If we're getting to that point now, where they're getting their bodies through these these injuries and what, and they're getting to be able to deal with the rigors of um, of, of uh, defending in AFL football. We've still got another seven or eight years with them, Jojo.
0: Yeah, and that's what I mean. I mean, we, there's no need to panic. I mean, nah. like, big guys do go through this. And you put. we've got the other guys to put around them now, the Youngs, the Chapmans, yep. you know, the Luke Ryans, the Brennan Coxes. It's, it's, it's a very, very strong back line.
1: It, uh, it really is. Um, I'm not leaving the defensive talk, Jojo, without giving a lot of love to Tobe. I reckon he was all right. I reckon he went well on the day. Thirteen touches, eight marks, laid three tackles. He saw off Oscar Allen. He had to go forward, but he was, he was, uh, he had to go back. Sorry, um, he saw, and at times he found himself on Nathan Vardy. You know, I reckon he snuck under the radar yesterday. He, um, he was, he was really serviceable. He, he didn't really, let us down, did he? No, nah. wasn't brilliant, but he was just that, that dependable, uh, that backman, that that sixth backman sort of thing.
0: Um, something that's very close to your heart is mm. booing. You hate booing. Yep. There was a bit of booing yesterday. Yep. How do you feel about that?
1: How do I feel? There's always an exception to the rule. That's that. That's how I feel. I, I'm I'm not a booer. I don't like it, but I'm all for it yesterday, because what else can fans do, Jojo? What else could they do? You know, Andy Gaff should never ever be allowed to forget that. He cowardly punched an 18 year old kid and broke his jaw. Never. I don't care. He can be going around in, you know, I don't know how old he is, another three, four years. He should still be reminded of it every day. And you know what I hate more? I hate these arrogant blue check turtleneck West Coast Eagles media types, JoJo. They're with their, their overinflated sense of self worth, their sense of importance. They look down their noses and feel entitled to, to chastise Frio fans for booing him you know you, they don't own the moral high ground the pack of hypocrites do they do they actually get the rivalry as well I don't think they do do they because it wasn't just the the, the booing is one thing of Andrew Gaff and but on top of it it's a rivalry thing as well you know and it really bugs yeah. me when they when these people are like that and they oh gee so oh, Fremantle Booing and i And when that Russell Wolf guy whoever he is that really got up my nose that actually <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, they oh, you know, posture about and then oh, get up on their pedestals. Oh, forever fans are booing Andrew Gaff. Oh, that's ordinary. Kimmy's great. Punch a <laughs> bunch of hypocrites, JJ. Um,
0: The Calebs are on goal. It looked like hang the ball on, was. Hang another. on, you
1: didn't. Before we go on, you didn't. What did you think of it? You're probably on Russell Wolf's side. <laughs> You're probably sitting up there. Look, at, at no, the at the polo club with Russell Wolf.
0: I think it's pretty pretty funny, to be honest. I, but I don't boo myself. But I did enjoy it. I think it's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, you did enjoy it. I'm glad to hear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Sorongo. Yes. Are you uh, are you worried about the fact the ball was about a
1: foot and a half over the line before he received it? Well. I'm not sure you could definitively state the ball was out of bounds. You know, <laughs> the umpire couldn't have been in better position, Jojo. The umpire, yeah, yeah. Right now, think about it. Right, every time you draw a line, draw a white line somewhere. Now, every time you draw a white line, if you look at it very, very closely, on either side of that white line, there are greyish areas, both sides of it. I think this fell into that greyish area.
0: You know, and well, the, ball, the ball was still hanging into some of the bleeding.
1: Yes. Yeah, so that's exactly what happened. And then, as we know, the greyish area is part of the white line, and unless the ball is completely past the grey area, play on. (laughs) It was a magnificent goal. I still don't know how he did it. Um, It's not the best derby goal ever, what what I have heard some people uh, say. Sean McManus's goal will forever hold that, uh, that mantle, I reckon. JL
0: said he would have preferred him to put it to the top of the square.
1: Oh, shut up. He did not. Did he say that?
0: (laughs) I don't know if he was joking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's got the benefit of hindsight and he wants to... As if we don't have enough trouble kicking goals. Why would you... You just take them, however you get them.
0: Oh, that's funny. Um, I think another interesting little tidbit coming out of the game was um, Pav giving the pre-game speech to, to the boys and... I think it was maybe it was Caleb Sarong giving Pav the, the credit for the fast start, saying you just pumped him so much talking about Phil, uh, Stephen Hill and, and Dave Mundy. They just had all this energy. Is there any, anyone else we could get to um, do the pregame speech that could engineer similar kind of
1: energy next week? Oh, that's not true. It can't be. But if it is true, like, I mean, if that is true, and and, and Monday's influential day because of Pav's uh, speech, Get him on the books. I know we've got soft soft cap issues, but uh, get him on the books to, to do it every week. That's not true. I don't believe in that stuff.
0: Do you believe, do you believe in uh, daring to dream of finals?
1: Do you know what? The one time I've dreamt of finals, we got spanked by Brisbane. So all year, I've, I've got, no, we can't make it. We're not going to make it. Then the Brisbane game. Yep, I think we can make it, and we got done by ten goals or whatever it was. So no, I'm, I'm not going to jinx it again.
0: It should be um, by the time the games roll around. We should, I think, we'll be watching It's at Essendon Collingwood. So we'll be hoping for a Collingwood win. We've got to beat St Kilda, obviously. So but then so we need.
1: Hang on, when's our game?
0: I think uh, I think we have got the uh, Sunday morning shift again. Oh
1: shut up! And when did Essendon and Collingwood play? Uh, Sunday afternoon, I think. Oh, okay. So we won't know the result before we go in. No. And what about the um, Giants and Gold Coast? Is it Gold Coast? So they'll be playing.
0: Uh, no. The Who's Giants, the Giants play. They got Carlton on Saturday night. Carlton.
1: Okay, so we'll know the result of that one.
0: And the Eagles have got Brisbane on uh, Saturday afternoon.
1: And we'll know the result of that one.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, so, well, do you do you dare to dream? It seems like a pretty slim chance that we can get through, doesn't it? I mean, obviously so much- you'd favor the you'd favor the Lions over West Coast, yeah. Um, so that's one part of the job, but it's pretty hard to take Carlton over the Giants at the moment. The Giants are coming from a hundred dollars into seventeen uh, to win the premiership this year in the last three weeks, the last three and they're playing weeks. really good footy if you've watched any of their games. I hope. Um, and then the bombers seem to be coming home with a bit of a wet sail playing against the Collingwood side that it'd have to be almost thinking about I, know. I don't know you can't go to Bali anymore, but wherever you go on an end of season footy trip because yeah. their season was cooked a while ago. Yeah. So But you never know. I mean there's been some really, really strange results this season, not just in the last few weeks, so You couldn't so, completely rule it out, could you?
1: No, that's right. So it's so what we gotta like like last week, we'd have twenty bucks on Co- on um, Gold Coast, on to Collingwood.
0: I don't know why you fixed on Gold Coast. They're playing Sydney. Um, Who's asking <laughs> playing?
1: Collingwood. Carl, yeah, Collingwood. And what's the other game? What's the other game we need to?
0: The, the Giants and Carlton. Giants. Who are
1: they playing? It's Carlton. <laughs> Carlton. So Carlton on Collingwood. We got to have twenty bucks on that double.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll get that. Back. I don't know. It seems tough, but. I think after watching him beat the Eagles on Sunday, I'd be pretty excited to see him play a final wherever the hell they're going to play the finals.
1: Wouldn't Wouldn't that be exciting? It doesn't um,
0: seem like they're going to be playing finals in WA. Looks like Mark McGowan's going to try and do everything he can to stop that.
1: Oh, the Mark McGowan show, isn't it? Does he understand it's not about him?
0: Did you read what he he said? No partners can come and watch. Um, Everyone's got to be vaccinated. Uh, What else do you say? Something else? doesn't sound he like he wants his, the he footy, wants to, footy finals
1: here. He wants his own state uh, country, doesn't he? He wants to cut WA <laughs> off and run his own country.
0: Well, I uh, think if anyone was optimistic that we were going to host the grand final, his little statement today should um should bring you crashing back water. down to earth because I don't think that's going to happen.
1: So then it's got to go to, where does it go? To South Australia.
0: I suppose it could always go to South Australia and then Queensland's probably out of the question, isn't it? Right down to that rust button you know, again. Melbourne's not getting a crowd. What about Tassie? <laughs> Tassie, yeah, could have a.
1: <laughs> if it's no, cold
0: it's- and windy, all the corporates can sit in that weird um, one end of the ground that's covered in glass that oh, yeah. crashes into every time <laughs> someone kicks a goal.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: No, it's, uh, it's
1: got to go to South Australia, doesn't it? Oh,
0: yeah. yeah, it seems that way. I mean, yeah. i tell you what, I've been to um, Adelaide over to watch the game. That's a great, great place to watch footy, and that'd be a great atmosphere for a grand final.
1: Yeah. How, how are they getting on? And are they loud crowds over there?
0: To be honest, i got no idea. I think restricted I remember seeing the...
1: Um, restricted
0: crowds. It was the Adelaide... What do they call it? The showdown. Yeah. And they were in every second or every third row and spaced yeah. between between patrons. So I guess they're not back to full capacity. I think we're the only place that's at full capacity.
1: Yeah, right. Okay. Why would you make it that difficult? I mean, why why couldn't you just have the normal protocols in place?
0: Yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see what they do. I, yeah. It just, from what McGowan said, it seems like he's going to make it pretty difficult for the AFL to pull off a day that they'd be satisfied with. Or that's possi- that's even possible. I don't even think it's possible for all the players to be vaccinated in time.
1: No, no, that's right. Um, that's just grandstanding. That's, anyway.
0: Um, that's anything else catch your eye like from out. the weekend? What's right? <laughs> yeah. Anything else catch your eye from the weekend?
1: Uh, not so much um, on the weekend, but during the um, still during the the game yesterday. Was it just me, or were the coasters like filthy all day? At, at, at looking at the umpires, aren't uh, saying where's my kick? Did you notice that?
0: Well, um, I forget when it was, but um, Margetts gave us a free kick, which he could have blown the other way, which is pretty surprising.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, um, that was the chair one, was it? The holding the ball. In the yeah,
0: back. yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, um, yeah, he gave, yeah, gave it in the back. It's like maybe he but, didn't want to go out with a black mark to his name, but.
1: But all I didn't really
0: notice the umpiring too much yesterday.
1: No, I didn't either. But every time the Eagles didn't get a, or didn't get a free kick, or there was one there where Zach Langdon was um, chasing, oh, I forget who it was, but yeah, uh, he was trying to chase, and at the same time he was arguing with the umpire. He <laughs> actually did that all day. Talk about sour grapes. And then, um, uh, Cripps, uh, Jamie Cripps, did he throw the toys out of the cot when he caught that accidental bump from um, David Mundy? Did you say that? Yeah, he wasn't
0: happy. Yeah,
1: had a go on Monday, then had a go at the bench at our bench.
0: What's did you see, there? um, did you see Mundy off of the hand to help up Liam Ryan and then uh, <laughs> and pull it away? At He's gone the swansey.
1: He's gone the foot He's gone kind of, you know when Fonzie used to shake hands and then brush her hair. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's done that. He's done that. I thought that was excellent, and I don't know whether it was no. deliberate or not, but when you look at it, it looks deliberate. When you watch it again, it looks deliberate. He's not that type of guy, money, but I reckon uh, he might have pulled one there. So, um, um, yeah,
0: There's a couple of things that went our way on the day as well that kind of gave me confidence that we could get the job done. I remember the the, the shot at goal. I think it was from Kennedy where he skied it and it looked like it could have gone over the top of the post. And then they showed the replay and the cameraman was a bit slow to react and the ball was out of shot and the umpire's call call was a behind. You could tell at the ground watching the replay, it was always going to be umpire's call. You had the Eagles fans celebrating thinking it was a goal, (laughs) or at least around us anyway, and um, to witness the letdown of umpire's call when they didn't see the behind signaled in the first place. Um, that was pretty satisfying to watch as well. It was, wasn't it?
1: it was. There were, few, there were a few little things. We did get a little bit of the rub of the green, you know, in certain, uh, certain things. But uh, a,
0: a few did, of those things, like the little 50-50 moments, and it's not yes. necessarily an umpiring decision, but a few of those little 50-50 moments yep. just went purple for whatever reason on the day. It just... It didn't. We were doing it. I, be honest. I remember thinking it during the third quarter, it was going backwards on us and, you know, it wasn't our day and they were coming. Yeah. But... Yeah, we managed to stem the flow. Yeah, we had a bit of good luck and got the result.
1: And what about what – Good, about, good um, day. You know what What I reckon really was such a detrimental point was Collier's goal just before the, the uh, three-quarter time break. Did you say that? Was it the three-quarter time break or halftime? The one on the run. Yeah, the one on the run that was a good piece of play right down the ground. Yeah. It, it was so vital because the Eagles were coming – and we yep. just, it just gave us that little bit of breathing space that, you know, in the end, I guess we needed. So, um, been good, Collier, hasn't he? he's done well to, uh, to, um, get that contract, get that uh, another year contract. So good on him.
0: He's an interesting one, isn't he? I think at the beginning of the season, we're probably guilty of this as well. We threw him in with the as the Crodons, the, you know, the small forwards yeah. brigade that was kind of hot and cold. But I think. To this point of the season, he's definitely separated himself from that. He plays a different role and brings something a little bit different than those guys.
1: Yeah. And again, he's probably another, you know, another um, Bailey Banfield type where they're great to have at your disposal. They're probably not going to be your your walk-up start, but they're good to have at your disposal when you need them.
0: And he's only got a one-year extension. Yeah. I think we're going to have enough guys to delist without having enough draft picks to, you know, replenish the list. So you've got to re-sign someone. Plus, you
1: can't imagine... You know, he, he wouldn't be on big money.
0: Yeah, I don't I wouldn't I think no so. Idea. I wish they published the wages. I'd love to know how much everyone made. <laughs>
1: Stuff is all guessing, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
1: But uh, hmm. anyway. Anyway, so we'll
0: do a preview put on Thursday for the Saints. The Saints look like they might be um, ready to to mail one in as well, right? Like, they're I in do, 12th. They got, they got no chance. They've been mailing every second game in anyway when they did have a chance.
1: Yeah, they have been a bit uh, been a bit fluctuating form, but they can be good on their day, can't they?
0: Yeah. It seems like an eternity ago that everyone's thinking, why don't we give more recycled coaches like Brett Ratton another go? Like, he had that honeymoon period last year when he came in and took over. That yeah. seems like it was many, many years ago, and it's probably only a matter of months. He
1: They've really struggled. They have, haven't they? and. Where are they? I wonder where they are in terms of, um, you know, age and and whatnot. Their team, you know, I mean, we think
0: about guys him. that they've bought in. They've bought in Hanbury. They've bought in Brad Crouch. They've bought yeah, in Paddy right. Ryder. Brad Hill. Um, yeah, so yeah. they're probably not at the, the right end of the um, no. the cycle when it comes to having a crack at it. Yeah. They're firmly stuck in the middle.
1: Yeah. Hey, what about um, what about the news today about Ross Lyon throwing sort of throwing his hat in the ring again? Did you say that?
0: I didn't. To what club? Carlton. Any club?
1: Well, he, oh, no, really? yeah, virtually any club. But by the by the sounds of it, Carlton. Lee Matthews had a chat to him. Said, "What are you doing? Put your get your." He, he reckons he had wasn't really going to head that way, wasn't. And then Lee Matthews sat him down and said, "Mate, what are you doing? You get get your get out there. You you know you're um, you still got it. You and he and he he, had a, he reckoned he had to think about it and." Said he'd look at it, you know. Virtually, look at the offers come; he'd look at them. So that
0: um, kind of that kind of tells me that probably no one's interested in him. Do you reckon? Well, because I don't think a coach like him, if if Carlton so were you, keen to get him in, I don't think he'd have to put his hat in the ring. I think there'd be people calling him.
1: Yeah, but I I don't know whether it was sort of a. I'd all know, for.
0: I'd be all for Carlton um, giving Ross Lyon the coaching job. It means one less club that Aaron Cher- uh, Adam Cherry would want to go to. I reckon there's any chance he <laughs> would go to a club that Ross Lyons coaching.
1: <laughs> that's very good. That's, huh? Yeah. yeah get well, you'd have him
0: planted on half forward or in a back pocket.
1: Wouldn't or, he? Wouldn't he ever? It, there's me.
0: no chance Cheryl would go to a club that Lyons no, coaching, I don't think.
1: That's a great idea. Come on, look, Roscoe, get, take the Carlton job. Because there's no, what, isn't there, the rich one's out of the question, virtually. Well, unless they, they
0: manage to un- unload salary, you'd think.
1: Maybe, but um, be interesting to see to know who. Maybe. But uh, otherwise, he goes in the drug and ends up at North Melbourne, which you know may not be a, a bad thing for him. But um, yeah, that's a good point, Jojo. Let's hope he does take the Carton job.
0: Um, Sean Darcy is an interesting one to listen to when um, you're talking about Adam Chera's contract. I think they're pretty good mates. He always talks about how they go for coffee every day or every second day or whatever. And, um, you know, he often has to, like many Ruckman, the the signal from the brain sometimes takes a little while to get to other areas (laughs) of the body. Not in a bad way, but just like, um, I think he was giving an interview the other day where he said, oh, I reckon he'll stay. and. He seems kind of goofy enough and maybe a little bit, like, naive enough where he doesn't Did think... let something slip? Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? I, I thought that, too, when I heard that. Uh, so, um, could be, um, yeah. He, and then, he didn't he say, oh, I have to. Um, he well, got I in can't... trouble for this before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Sean Darcy. I reckon he's a ripper, isn't he? So,
0: yeah. I don't know. I still think um, Cher is going to stay. I think he'll sign that contract to take him through to restricted free agency. It makes too much
1: sense for him. I'm kind of, yeah. I, I mean, we're all guessing, but it, but it does make sense doesn't it, to do that. You know, then he can really well, go then, wherever he wants. Then you then. can
0: really choose where you want to go yeah. rather than being, have your hand forced.
1: Yeah. That's but right.
0: yeah, I guess we'll find out soon enough.
1: That's it. All, all right. right Deja, well, Deja. Until th- hey, Great day yesterday, wasn't it? How good was it? Oh, that's it was a, very good. <laughs> it's days like that. That's why we all love the Fremantle Football Club, for days like that. Yeah, you know, except all the- for
0: the, the Sunday bloody three o'clock game when you're on the side of the ground where the sun's just beaming into it. Yeah, it's bloody hot. Art, isn't it? I didn't know where to wear jeans or shorts. I so wore the jeans and sweated <laughs> my ring off.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. No,
0: just, it was uh, a night the- game. Why Why wasn't that a night game? That was You could have seen that that was going to be a game like that. Like yep. a really heated, well-contested game. Saturday it was night. Saturday no.
1: night. What's wrong with Saturday night?
0: Yeah. It's
1: just anyway, empty well, Both teams are here. Yeah.
0: yeah. Ridiculous. Not, com- not complaining. Not you complaining. You've
1: got to start your Monday campaign. That You still got to get that going, jojo
0: Yeah, Mondays will be good. Yeah. All yeah. right. We've talked for long enough. Um, yeah. Thursday. Preview pod. St. Kilda. Let's do that. Until then. Are you still down with the restump?
1: Oh, look, all day, the Eggers looked at the umpires wanting to complain and whine. But fittingly, wine comes from sour grapes. Start
0: wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity and wits, they will all vanish, I promise. It's just a matter of time,
1: so yeah.